0: Damn. Uh. Yeah. Welcome back to the 104 podcast. This is a podcast about the Edmonton Oilers and an interesting and heartwarming conversation that we'll have. Elliot is not here today. I am a co-host of Ring Jagas. So we have a guest. And so to my right is a person who probably is worth maybe 4.3 million, maybe by four. Is that a good is that a good contract for you? Four by four, yeah. four by four. Yeah. Is yeah. that a good okay, contract? Chat. This is
1: Greg Beaver. How are you, Greg? I'm good. Yourself?
0: Good. <laughs> I'm good. Um, yeah. Is that a, is that like I feel like that's a maybe an overpayment, but we'll know. We'll okay. see. Okay. <laughs> we'll see how the show goes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then and then we'll, we'll
1: get all of your your listeners will chime in about like whether this was an overpay or not. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do a poll at the end. <laughs> we'll go to arbitration. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> uh, Greg, thanks for joining me. This is this is awesome to um to have a substitute here for for elliot because uh, he's off vacationing uh in an important time uh during hockey so um
1: this is a legal substitution th- yes <laughs>
0: yes <this> is, <laughs> so damn you elliot um but i'm happy to have greg here um greg tell people who you are and tell people why you wanted to talk about the Oilers.
1: uh uh who am I? Well, I'm, uh, I'm a uh, graphic designer here in the, uh, the city of Edmonton, and uh, I've, uh, I'm born and raised in Alberta. I'm, a, uh, I'm an 80s baby. I was born in 79, so uh, so my birth date coincides with the Oilers' entry oh, into, nice. uh, into nice. the NHL. So I grew up, um, you know, obviously in the glory years of the Edmonton Oilers. And Do you remember the glory years then? I remember some of them. Yeah. Like, certainly I don't really remember their first cup. Right. Um, I actually, I think my first, um, my first clear memories of, of, uh, Stanley Cup winnings is actually, um, Montreal in 86. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When they beat the Flames. Yep. Um, and then my, you know, my, my more clear memories of the Oilers is, are them beating, uh, Boston. Uh, in the 90. Yeah. In 1990. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 89, 90. And obviously the, the big Wayne Gretzky trade was pretty traumatic for a young kid who was, uh who uh, was, you know, a huge fan of Wayne Gretzky, who wasn't when you're, you know, when you're that young. And How old are you? You were nine, right? Hmm? You were yeah. nine. Yeah, yeah, okay.
0: Yeah, that's like the, that's like peak era when you're a kid and you love hockey, you love a sport, you love, you're like, you're like the peak bandwagoner, so you love, like, the best player. So when the best player leaves, that's like...
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I cried about it. Like, really? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, and it was, um, and you know, you're a kid because you don't really understand, like... Mm-hmm. All the the mechanics that are behind it and stuff like that, and it just like doesn't really make sense to you because like why would anyone give away the best player in the world? Like that's confusing. Yeah, (laughs) I'm sure it was. I mean, not that it makes that much sense today either, (laughs) but
0: i was gonna say i'm sure there was a lot of people that were just as confused
1: yeah. as you that were much older yeah that's a confusion that has really just permeated and lasted through the decades i get <laughs> so
0: it's and the oilers
1: let's face it have made a, a pretty uh, a long habit of, of trading away a lot of great players you know with yeah not just uh not just uh, not because they needed money like Pocklington did but uh Eventually, I think it became sort of like, well, we can't afford a lot of these players. We can't Mm -hmm. afford Doug Waite. We can't afford Bill Guerin and Mm -hmm. so on and so forth. So, yeah. yeah. Some of it was circumstance. Some of it was stupidity. And and, uh, some of it was criminality, I think, in the case of (laughs) Peter (laughs) Pollington. Yes, definitely. It's a criminal (laughs) record for that.
0: Um, What was your favorite Oilers players? Who were your favorite players and who were your favorite teams? If you remember any of them.
1: Um... I, yeah, obviously Gretzky, um, Curry. I was a big fan of Curry. Yeah, um, uh, a lot of the obvious ones, Ryan Smith. Um, yes, uh, I loved Todd Marchand. I think yeah, in, that, in that era, he was he was definitely one. I loved the speed. Um, I, you know, I I often admired players who sort of like sort of I felt like were in a way were sort of like me as a hockey player. Like you know, I was I'm not that talented. But I can do some things well, you know, and like Something I, really yeah, well. yeah, he was good at like the one thing, you know, and like that's uh, that's kind of what I appreciated about it about uh, Todd Marchand, just the the speed, but n- not having that great of hands, is sort of like how I play hockey. You were. Know? <laughs> I'm that... not as speedy anymore. I'm 38 years old, so that's kind of gone away. A lot so, fatter too. And then... <laughs> yeah. So
0: you were that that. Uh... That kid from Miami in Mighty Ducks too, that they could skate really fast but couldn't stop. Is that were you that person? <laughs> I,
1: no, I could I could always stop. Although there was one time when I was playing in the uh, I was I think I was a novice in hockey, and uh, <laughs> I was going to get the puck in the corner, and I did that thing where you like you just you stick your stick straight into the boards, and the <laughs> and the stick would boom right into my <laughs> gut. I remember that very clearly. <laughs> I learned not to do that again. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I think um, I was about like eight or nine at that. Ah, you're a plastic. <laughs> plastic <laughs> yeah,
0: everything was fine. <laughs> uh, well, that's awesome, Greg. I appreciate uh, another another good fan story. It's always it's always nice to see where people are coming from, especially in regards to the Oilers, especially in regards to the the city that we're in. Um, how are your feelings about the Oilers now? Like, what are your thoughts
1: on 2018 Oilers? Um. I don't know it's kind of tough to tough to really gauge it isn't it yeah because uh, obviously the year before was was stellar and the and the year after was uh was back to feeling like the same disappointment we had witnessed the previous decades so i don't know it's it's uh i'm kind of in a stage where i'm just like well i think i feel like they'll be better it's just a question of how much better you know like they they had a lot of injury problems yep Obviously, yep. in, uh, in the last season, uh, Sakara was a big one, and that was something that I thought going into the season, that was my biggest concern. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, they're, they're missing essentially one of their top defensemen, and I knew that like their defensive depth wasn't, uh, wasn't quite there, and I had actually said multiple times to friends, like like, I really think they'll struggle for the first few months when Sakara isn't there. And yeah. then, and I was obviously right about that. They what did. I didn't expect uh, was that that would it would go they would struggle as much as they did. Yeah. And yeah. that it would end, end up lasting the entire season and and Sekera never really got back to being the Sakara that we are used to not yeah. until not until, you know, maybe the last 10 games or so. Yeah,
0: it was like the last worth of the season that maybe you were seeing signs of like oh, okay he's actually back from this injury yeah it was and he, really he had, i end. think he
1: had mentioned i remember him saying in an, in an interview that like the you know the the brace was really uncomfortable that he was wearing and he was looking forward to next season when he didn't have to wear it so right yeah it's i mean it's i don't, I don't know I, I think when you're uh when you're an athlete and you're used, you know you're you're used to playing a certain way and then you've got this big this big thing on your leg and stuff and it's uncomfortable and you know it it must feel like a bit like an albatross yeah
0: totally does i would imagine like i just i was saying that last last episode where i'm like you know i i really take for granted what it is to like break your like break your knee or something like that and wear a brace all the time it's like that's Right. That feels. That
1: must feel tough.
0: <laughs> that must feel terrible. And just like as a normal human being, these are athletes. Like, no, I'll be back in six months. It's like, sure, that would take me like two years to just get
1: over. <laughs> yeah. Like certain certain injuries can you know they can they can, can put linger. you down for a very long time. Yeah. Like I um, I um, busted my knee up um, l- last year when I was playing ball hockey. Um, it was it was kind of a strange injury because I like um, I had fallen on my knee a few times and and i was noticing like each successive time that i fell on my knee it was getting harder to get up and i was like boy that's weird <laughs> and then then the final time i got tripped and i just like all my weight went right on my knee and and that was it mm. like i i had a real hard time getting up and i was actually i was actually done Playing hockey for six months, so I missed like an entire ball hockey season uh, because of it. The and and uh, the recovery time on it was really long, and I I basically stayed off my knee the whole time. And still, like it just, it just even when I got back to playing, you know, six months later, like it's I could still feel how weak it was. Right. Right. Now I know, like you know, in professional sports, you've got a lot of uh, people helping and rehabbing and stuff like that and building strength with you. With the injuries and stuff like that, but I still think like it takes an insanely long time to yeah. get back from a major injury and I'm not sure that I'm not sure that fans really appreciate that. That's you know, when no. when uh when Clefbaum got injured and, and yeah. you know, and, and you could tell that he wasn't the same the same player basically the whole season. Like I understood, like, you know, sometimes you know, you just, like, even though you're, you're healthier, you just, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, you right. just don't, you don't feel right. You don't feel like the same. You can do the same things.
0: Yeah, totally, totally. It's, I, I totally agree. And Yeah, we'll talk about Club Bomber in a bit here. Okay, so talk about 2018 Oilers. Let's go to the news and notes, and let's break down what happened uh, during the free agent period. Okay, so... <clears throat> I wasn't good, obviously. <laughs> okay, Greg. you uh, I'm assuming because you're a, an Oilers faithful, uh, you were paying attention on July 1st. What was. was going on uh, with all these signings. So the Oilers signed three people um, outside of their own team. Uh, let's start with the, I guess would be the biggest one. Yeah, might as well. Tobias Reeder, one year, two mil. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the signing?
1: Well, um, he played in the East a lot, I think. Right? Um, until, he played for LA and he yeah. played for Arizona. So a lot of the oh West. no West. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> clearly, I don't know this player. I was just about to say, like, I don't know a lot about this player, and clearly, I don't. <laughs> yeah, maybe um, you
0: thinking of like Michael Grabner?
1: Yeah, maybe. But he, you know, it, I, he he adds he had speed, from what I understand, and and, and penalty killing, and uh, and both those things are sort of in in desperate need for the Oilers' bottom six. Yeah, and. Um, so I'm I'm kind of fine with it. Like, like with a lot of um, UFA signings, it's kind of like okay, well, it's sort of like a wait and see type thing. You know, he maybe he's a he's a bit of a bargain, and uh, and you know he's I think I think the smartest thing about that particular signing is that he's he, they signed him to a one year on a relatively cheap contract, yep. and he's an RFA at the end of next year. So if you know, it gives it gives them control. Like he's you know he's he's an asset that you know if he does well, um, you know they can either keep him and uh, and and continue to benefit from him, or he becomes an asset that they can use in a trade uh, to get something that they're they're in need of next year. So, um, in terms of like quote-unquote asset management uh, I think it's, it was a fairly smart signing
0: i agree with this i totally agree with it. i think tobias reader let's see so last year he had 19 points in 58 games before that 34 points in 80 games um mostly playing with the arizona coyotes and then he got traded to the kings he got six points in 20 games um he is from germany so there is a Leon Dry Saddle connection there. Maybe they got him because yeah, I know a... he played
1: on the national team with saddle Yeah, so
0: that's nice. Yeah. Um, also, was originally drafted by the Oilers. Yeah, that uh, that in the something. in 2011, um, and then we traded him. And he's doing. He was doing all right. And I, I wish this was a signing that happened maybe two years ago, because I feel like this is a great signing in the sense that he is fast he is he can be very complimentary to either dry saddle or even up top to, to mcdavid um because he can maybe be able to keep ups and again like you mentioned i think this is a cheap deal right like two yeah. mil for one year that's it's exactly the kind of deals that the oilers should be getting i think this is a it's a good signing right
1: yeah i, I mean it's it uh, will uh, we'll see how, yeah how, see, how yeah. good on it yeah you know it is and like they <laughs> the, the the bottom six was definitely a, a problem uh, last year. Is just not uh, mm-hmm. not enough production out of them, right? And you know, it, uh, whereas the uh, the bottom six the the year before that was quite a bit better, and and you're getting a lot of production out of uh, two and mm-hmm. stuff like that on the power play. So, so you know, I I, yeah. I think uh, I'm I a lot of people are worried about the Oilers oh, top six, and I and I feel like I'm less concerned about that mm. than I am making sure that the. That the support players can uh, can be effective, right? Because I, you know, McDavid's going to drag the first line on an anchor and just like keep, you know, that's keep true. that <laughs> line pumping no matter what. So that's kind of okay. That um, the I'd be, I'm more concerned about the the second line with Drysaddle, just making sure that he's got like a like a winger to, to help him out because Lucic isn't necessarily. No. <laughs> you know, I don't. I'm not necessarily a Lucic hater, but you know, his uh, my my biggest concern about Lucic was. The amount of uh, touches he had last year, where, where the puck didn't go in in the positive yeah. direction, yeah, puck. It just wasn't necessarily, th- stick. yeah, it wasn't yeah. necessarily that he uh, he wasn't scoring. It was it was how many times he would he would lose it on the boards or, mm-hmm. or something like that, you know. And, and that that to me was more concerning.
0: Yeah, no, I I am I'm with you on the. History. We'll talk about Liches in a bit. Sure. Um, Kyle Brodziak, two years, 1.15 million per. Again, another kind of value signing. Another again. Another ex oiler yeah. <laughs> Kyle Brodziak. What do you think about the return of Kyle Brodziak?
1: Well, Bradziak's obviously someone I'm a lot more familiar with. Yeah, I mean, he's, a local, he's a local boy too. So, right. Uh, you know, good, good signing. Cheap. Uh, he's, uh, um, you know, he's he's another player that's you know he's almost uh, exactly on paper what they what they're looking for and mm-hmm. for the for the fourth line. Good on face offs. Exactly. Um, I think he's still got a little bit of speed to him, and uh, um, you know, and a veteran presence, uh, which. Um, some say that the Oilers were kind of uh, uh, missing a little bit last year with the, the deletion of uh, Puliad and, and Hendricks and, right. and guys like that. So. Right, right, right. I, l- I like to call Brodziak signing to
0: it. And you're right, it's exactly. It. it fills the Latestu area, it fills the, the bottom six pretty well. Um, it's exactly the area that Chiarelli really needed to work on. Yeah. And especially on his wings, too. Like, I mean, Brodziak's more of a center, but at the same time, I don't know. I think these are good. These are two good signings. I, I I'm I'm usually like when people sign UFA, uh, people usually either overpay or like underpay. Or I mean, not overpay. They're they'll give especially them too with much the Orioles, it usually
1: ends up being an overpay. So yeah, and it, not, I think that's I think there's reasons for that that we don't necessarily need to go into. Like, you know, it's <laughs> it, that's um, I don't necessarily get my my. Uh, Backup about like When it's an overpay I just kind of I understand the, the Dynamics of the market And how it works But like Yeah he, you know he Shirelli did exactly What he said he was Going to do he, he told us you know, at the end of the season that he was going to tweak the bottom six. Right. And that's, and, and, you know, you, and going into the July 1st, I was like, this isn't going to be exciting at all. No. And it wasn't. And and I, I think a lot of people are, you know, expecting like a cleft bomb trade or a, or a Luchich trade. I was
0: expecting a Luchich trade, to be honest. I don't know why, but uh, because there were so many things, rumors going around that are like, yeah. oh, I, and there's still kind of these
1: rumors going yeah. around. So I'm like, there's something I wasn't, up. There's something I wasn't, up. I wasn't buying it at first. Uh, and then when the uh, when when it came, when you know the the hockey insiders were saying that he had he had said that he would be co- interested in going somewhere else, I thought, well, okay, maybe he'll get traded. Um, and I thought that was a it was a possibility right up until his agent went on Oilers now and basically said he hasn't asked for a trade, nor have the Oilers come to him with a trade. Yeah, and I was like, well, I mean. He's probably coming back then and, and, and he didn't the, the agent did it twice. He, yeah, he did. Not only did he He went on Oilers Now but he also talked to I think Jim Jim Matheson about it yeah. as well. So he you know he took the time to basically say twice that like nah he's not going anywhere. So I and, and even Bob Stoffer himself says he expects Luke to be that back which is usually kind of a lock you know and it's the, the guy who <laughs> it's works like the yeah I wasn't really expecting a lu teach trade and, and I quite I'm not really expecting it now either no, I'm not not anymore not in the like I mean as fun as it might be I'm not you know I'm not even sure sh- like I don't know I feel you, like you, you do trade, trade you trade Luke teach and you' and and then you're still trying to fill another hole right mm-hmm. so so I don't know I don't know what good it does you.
0: Not yet, anyways. I feel like it might be more of an anchor later on, but at the same time, right now, I'm like, you know, let's in the wait-and-see mood. mood. Uh, So, yeah. The other small signing was Kevin Gravel for one year, $700,000. I don't know much about Kevin Gravel, to be honest. I know this is more of, like, a depth defenseman. Um, $700,000 is nothing to, like, get too upset about.
1: I, yeah, I, they need a. They need an extra defenseman. He's, he'll probably he he might spend some time in the minors and stuff like that. Yeah. But, so I'm know, not. We'll, this is. This he'll is. probably. You know, he's probably um, a signing that they made, and um, in you know to get some depth and allow guys like Ethan Bear to stay down and continue to develop yes. in the minors. Right? Yes. 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 Yeah, yes. It's so. a good
0: call. Um, I remember Elliot was saying before that he wanted. He's like, you're very curious if Ethan Bear is gonna come out of training camp to play. And I'm like, I really hope not. I really hope he stays in the AHL and develops a little bit more because I I really love Ethan Bear and I really like yeah. and people like Caleb Jones too and so this and now the aforementioned Evan Bouchard, um, which we drafted before. So I mean like these are we have some really good defensemans coming up and Kevin Gravel is just gonna add that little stop gap to it. So
1: Yeah, that's he's kind of I I think He's sort of like a—he's basically like a younger Griba from what I've heard him described as, like because yeah. he, he's, you know. It's, so that's fine, you know. Just you, you know, like a good stopgap and and allow your your prospects to overbake in the yes. in Bakersfield, and yes, and, and that's something that the Oilers haven't done for a while, in ages. Yeah. And I, I really, I almost <laughs> can't even remember it. You know, like the last they uh, I think Horkov was like the really last the. Um, um, uh guy that came up from the minors that I couldn't really remember you know being making a big impact in a relatively short order once he got got up so
0: That's true that's true no you're right about that I feel like we need to be a little bit more patient with our people, and uh,
1: this will add on to it. Yeah. So, well, part of it is because they've, they've drafted so poorly over the years. That's really like the reason why the Oilers have been so bad for yes. so long. It's just like you know the drafting record's not good. There's no, there's no, there's no shying away from it. You know, even no. if you're, even if you're a big Oilers positive guy, like you, you still have to look at, you know, their drafting record and be like, ah, it's a lot of missed opportunities mm-hmm. there. So, mm-hmm. on, you know, what now that most of the uh, pundits seem to be. You know, uh, thinking that uh, they've been drafting a lot better in the recent years. Yeah. So, you know, now that, uh, you know, that depth will hopefully serve them well in the next uh, next five years. Right,
0: right. They, they've they been really good. Last The last draft, I think that they were really good. Like Devin Bouchard and Ryan McLeod. I think yeah. they were really good two pickups. Before that, you know, Kyler Yamamoto was a great pickup. And I don't remember the other two, but at the same time. Like, since Shirelli's come in, like, I can give him crap for his trades and I can give him crap for his big some sometimes overpayments of some players or weird like asset management but his drafting has been pretty decent
1: which it, I really I, like. I actually think his even when Charrell disappears like when he eventually moves on I think his stamp on the team will actually be felt for Quite a bit longer because yeah. he's basically rebuilt the scouting team. I agree. And, and, uh, and that will probably be his lasting legacy in Edmonton. You
0: know. Yeah, I think so too. I think yeah. so too. Um, cool. Speaking of signings with, within the organization, we send out three qualifying offers one to Darnell Nurse, one to Ryan Strom, one to Anton Slepeshev. Ryan Strom has signed for two years $3.1 million.
1: What do you think about Ryan Strom? fine by me you know he he's kind of I've said that he you know he could be our Cogliano Mm. and uh, Mm. some people might say well wasn't Cogliano our Cogliano (laughs) and fair enough he he was he wasn't necessarily the same player when uh, when he left here he was still looking to be a goal scorer and then he kind of transformed himself in Anaheim but you know he he looks to me like a player that um, is ready um, to excel at being the player that he is rather than trying to be the player that everyone thinks he should be. Right, and, uh, right. And, uh, you know, he, he certainly looked a lot more comfortable as the year went on and, and in being in that center mm-hmm. role and um, taking on a little bit of a mentorship role with the Puglia RV. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm actually, I think that's a really... Solid signing, and I, I think we'll be pretty happy with that when uh, in you know, a couple of years. So. I
0: think so too. Three point one mil for somebody that can move up and down the lineup in that center position and in that wing position. I yeah. think he's very versatile, and I I really like what you said that he is not playing up to what people think he is, that he's playing up to what who he should be. Yeah, um, who he wants to be, and I think you could see it at the end of the stretch of last season. Um, I think it was too little, too late. But he was definitely more comfortable in that three C role. And I, and once Nuge moved up to the wings with McDavid, this allows Nuge to like be a good six million dollar player up on the top line, right? Like
1: yeah. this, I think this is all good, right? Yeah, he was drafted relatively high. He was he? like nice. fourth or fifth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, he was a high draft Fifth overall. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I th- I feel like when you're a player like that, there's a certain amount of expectations that are that are put on you when you're when you dr- when you're drafted that high, and I think it can take a while to accept your role and under- right. and you know and understand. Okay, I, I can I, I might not be the player people want me to be, but I can be a really effective player. Right. It, right you know if, you know at something you know whether it's being a really effective a counter killer or whatever so you know I, I I think mentally that's that must be tough for players <laughs> to 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 you have to you know you have to mature a bit and under and, and, and realize like oh I don't have to be what everybody thinks I'm going to be you know
0: yeah yeah I agree with that I I'm a, There's I was...
1: different levels of success and like you know people will be happy if you're successful at at, at, uh, at the, the things that you're successful at even if they aren't even if you aren't, like, a star. <laughs> you know what it reminds me of? And you, you brought up
0: Cogliano. It reminds me of Sam Gagne, actually. Oh, yeah. Sam Gagne was a relatively higher draft pick. He wasn't fifth, but he was definitely one of the higher draft picks. Um, but he's settled into this role now. When you look at Sam Gagne as, like, a hard-working two-way player, he's not going to score the many goals like he did before. Um, but he's, like, when he's gone to, from team to team, he's just been this hard-working player. Now he has made a career for himself with that so I, I kind of see the same thing with Ryan Strom like I hope that maybe that's that's his projection is to be that just that solid like you see, like a Cagliano like yeah, maybe not an Iron Man person but <laughs> <laughs> um, the other qualifying offer uh, we'll talk about yeah we'll talk about that one thing later but uh, Anton Slepashev didn't qualify with the others he's gone to the KHL did you like Slepy? I like Slappy. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I, I mean, like I mean too. He,
0: he. This is kind of sad to me, actually. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think it, you know he. I think he worked really hard when he was here, and and I always respect that. Um, I don't, I don't know necessarily that he took a lot of nights off, but he, you know, there's there's holes in his game a little bit here and there, and um, uh, and he, I, I think. In order for him to be considered more successful in the NHL, he's got to put up more points, and, yeah. and his production was always like pretty, pretty modest. Um, so you know, going back to the KHL is probably not a bad thing for him. I mean, you know, he he might spend a couple years there and and uh, and put up some points, and and then maybe um, you know sign back in the NHL, uh, you know, a couple of years from now. Who knows? Right,
0: right, right. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder if he'll be back in the NHL. I like Shaft. I, do you think the Oilers did right by him, or do you think that they kind of screwed him around a bit?
1: I don't know. He he, um, he never played a full season. No. So it wasn't like it wasn't like they were necessarily thrusting him into into a role that he wasn't. You know, they tried him out. I know he tried him out a couple times in the top six and right. stuff like that. And and sometimes it worked out. Sometimes it not didn't, didn't. And you know, for. For a, a player that's finding their way, they're gonna they're gonna look good sometimes, and then they're gonna look bad some other times. I don't I don't know. It, 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 it's hard to say with like with Russian players sometimes. <laughs> it's true, you know they're you know they can they can you know they can seem they can seem highly skilled, but yet somehow. You know, there's there's just like a, a a massive hole in their game somewhere that's just not quite connecting in the North yep. American game. Yeah. You know, yeah. And I yeah. I'm not sure what to attribute that to. It's uh, you know I almost wish I I watched, I could watch more KHL just to sort of like understand how they how they might play differently there and, and yeah and, and and understand why it doesn't necessarily always translate yeah overseas.
0: And it's funny because the Oilers have this weird history with the KHL. We've been We've not been shy of signing people from the KHL or players that were good from the KHL. So um, I'm curious about the Slapushov thing, and you know, and this other goalie that we have, um, Mikko Koskinen, who is yeah. a KHL prospect. So.
1: Um, I'm very curious about our, the Oilers' relationship with the KHL. So, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I'll tell you about the cost. Let's talk about the Koskinen signing real quick. Just yeah, 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 yeah. Here's sure. the thing about that signing that it, that that really concerns me, and it has nothing to do with the player. <laughs> me too. It has Everything <laughs> too. everything to do with oiler fans. He's getting because he's, he's getting paid 2.5 million, and and oiler fans in general, when someone is being pay- paid. Conceivably, something that they haven't earned. Uh, Oilers fans tend to turn on those type of players real fast, and they don't typically last with the team very long because Mm -hmm. of that. Because there's so much public pressure on the team to like to do something with this person who's not earning their that's a big thing in Alberta in general. Not earning your keep, not earning. You know, we're uh, we're a very conservative province, and like (laughs) and conservatives have a big thing about uh, you know making sure that everyone's earning what they get you know like no handouts none of this garbage <laughs> and they almost like they almost treat uh like like uh, hockey players that are earning too much like like people who are sucking off the system like you know it's it's ridiculous
0: <laughs> this is a good point you know what I've never thought about it in that in those terms, but that actually makes a lot of sense, as to because you, you see it and you know we talked about Sean Horcup. Horcop was was a classic example of that. Yeah, like you're not getting. I don't remember how much he got paid. But it was like five or six million or something like that. Uh, yeah, he's not worth the five or six million. We're doing the same thing to Lucic, and we're doing the same thing to Russell. Koskinen is definitely. I was concerned about his pay because he. I felt like we could get someone who is just about the same, but a little bit cheaper. Like, probably much cheaper. But, I don't know. Maybe the Oilers saw something in Koskinen that, again, maybe they, they wanted to try things with Koskinen. But you're right. As, like, as Oilers fans, we have to be, like, let's not think about the pay for a minute. Just put that aside. <laughs> well, sometimes you have to. Yeah. <laughs> like,
1: every team has a player that is being paid too much yeah like that's that's not uncommon like a a Luchich is there's tons of those throughout the league that's not that's not abnormal so and you know and and to me like like what the Oilers should be doing with with players like that is just like just forget about how much money they're making and just play them where they're most effective yes. like last year they were really stuck on like playing Lutech in the top six it's like well we gotta get it's him like going six it's a all billion like, dollar player yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like who cares Just like just play him where he's most effective right. and like just leave it at that like, right. and don't and don't worry about what the fans say because let's I, I'm a fan too and I don't know jack shit <laughs> so it's like, true just do, what you, just do what you gotta do to be successful it's true you know what and
0: and I think you're right they made a fan cup the, the, the team too like I felt like Lucci should have taken a couple of nights off. Like just, just be a healthy, healthy scratch just for two nights. Like the, the Oilers are not going anywhere. They're not doing anything. But just take a couple of nights off. But you are like, no, as a six million dollar player, you can't just help healthy crap. Imagine the, what people are going to say. Well, maybe he needed that to be a refresh. I don't know. Like, uh, there's so, yeah, this kind
1: or at like, the very least, like if you're playing on the third line, like he, he's playing against um, softer competition, and 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 you know, he, he he may not he may not put up a lot of points because ice time drops a bit, but like. At least, at least he would be an effective. You know, he's effective in the in the defensive zone, and right, and uh, that would you know would be. You, you got to put players in the place where their you know their arrows are going to go upwards. Yeah. Right? So, what a place to succeed. I mean, totally he was, agree. He was clearly you know struggling all year, so uh, you know just just try and help him out a little bit. Like instead of being like, no, you're gonna it's McDavid's liner bust, buddy. <laughs> You gotta be McDavid's bodyguard. Yeah. This is what we paid you for. Yeah. <laughs> Try and keep up with the lightning bolt. See if you can do that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. Come- yeah. I'm very curious about Koskinen. I'm very curious as how he is. But the good thing is with the Oilers right now. We have a ton of goalies behind us. All of a sudden, we have this like this this gamut of goalies. Like Braswell went to the Jets, by the way, so he's not with the Oilers anymore. But we have people like
1: I like Braswell. I like mostly too. mostly because he's the crazy handsomest dude i've ever seen just like when you see him off, uh, in the you know in the, the dressing room interviews it's like holy crap that guy's a handsome dude we
0: have a lot of like handsome looking players and you're yeah. <laughs> not gonna lie like club like don't want to like dry
1: saddles a look good looking i don't
0: know there's a <laughs> if we will do that in the summer we'll just <laughs> we'll have like, talk a, about...
1: like a, a contest and we're like, like, who's, like the a, looking... yeah, who's the best looking who's the best looking
0: <laughs> oh boy. Okay, so um Darnell nurse still hasn't qualified. Um I'm thinking if I'm gonna take a guess it's gonna be around four million dollars. That's my guess for Darnell Nurse. What
1: do you think? Um we don't have much cap space, that's <laughs> the only thing with the orders. I think that, that's that probably sounds right. That probably like cause it cause that seems high to me, so that sounds right where he'll <laughs> land. <laughs> Is that too high for Donald well, I don't know, because like, he's not... like I don't know if he's as good a defenseman as Clef yet. So $4 million seems high to me. Is he as good as Chris Russell? Because he's getting paid for. Well, I mean, you pay a bit more for veterans. So. <laughs> True. Is he as good as Chris Russell? Yes, probably. That's okay. Though, though. <laughs> Do
0: you think, though, now that we're becoming into the point of the NHL where we are paying for youth now? Like, we don't have these bridge deals as much as often.
1: Yeah, I think teams have really understood that. Like the, the game is, uh, I think because the game's so f- much faster, and that really that, that really makes it a much like a like a young game. Right. You know, the the older players who have lost a step are getting are getting pushed out a lot quicker than I think a lot of general managers have expected. Um, so yeah, I think that's. Uh, I think you're right. Like there's a there's a real effort to just like ah just. Sign him long term, young. Yeah. And you know, Chiarelli's obviously done that. He was, you know, he gave Clevon a long contract. You know, obviously yep. McDavid and Drysdale. Yeah, You know, yep, and, yep. and that's probably what you got to do. I and mean, you know, you got to you got to hope that you're protecting correctly and that the the player is going to be a bargain down the road. It's it's definitely a bit more of a risk.
0: Yeah, it is a risk. At the same time, like I don't know, I think it's a good risk to take especially for people like Darnell and so people like Bomb, like signing to the four mil but signing for six or whatever years like six years down the line that could be a bargain and people can take those bargains no problem right yeah. so that's yeah like, yeah
1: you're right like they, they- even if, even if they don't pan out quite as much as you want to when the cap goes up inevitably down the road it, you know they'll they'll be easier to trade even yeah. though they've got to still have a lot of term on their contract right exactly so.
0: yeah I won't turn into Bobby Ryan or anything like that teams
1: Anyways. are always willing to take chances on, the, on, uh, on, on young players with yeah.
0: potential yeah. for sure yeah.
1: <laughs> as the others have done
0: too um, last thing we got to talk about maybe is uh, Neil Yakupov he's gone to the KHL his NHL career most likely over yeah. What are your memories of Neil Yakupov?
1: <laughs> well, okay, so I was at um, the LA Kings. No way! Game when, that classic game. Yeah, when he did his amazing uh, the, the Yakupov slide, you know? And um, I think what people don't really understand, because a lot of people thought he was showboating. And he was to a certain extent. I mean, as a young kid, he was really excited to score a huge goal. But people don't really understand, like, what it was like in the arena at the time, because. That entire game, the Oilers are kind of perceived by the Oilers fans at least as getting screwed over by the refs over and over. I remember and over. that game. And, yep. uh, and, and shortly before they scored, right at the end of the game, um, I can't remember, I really can't remember what the call was. Um, whether it was a penalty call that went against the Oilers or, or something. But the fans were livid, and, and they were littering the ice. With you know, pop and yeah. beer and stuff like that, and the there was a big long pause, and the tension in that arena was insanely high. It felt like a playoff game at that point. Like it, like it was so important that the Oilers get back and get some revenge for this. Right. So when he when he scored, uh, knocking it out of the air and into the net, the place exploded. Like Rexall absolutely exploded, and I was with a friend at the game who was a Kings fan. And uh, <laughs> and when when he took up off scored and slid all the way down the ice, he turns to me and, and says, Did he just win the Stanley Cup?
0: <laughs> it was wasn't that like game two of the season? I'm pretty yeah, sure it was, it was pretty was, early like, the in the, season. the yeah, season, It was right? really early <laughs>
1: It was definitely something to see. Like I'll never forget that. And uh, um, I, you know, I I, I loved Yakupov's um, enthusiasm for the game. And uh, yeah. And my wife really loved Yakupov too. She was sad when he got traded, just because he was, you know, such a he was such a positive kid, and he he, he he really loved the game, and you know, he just wanted to do well. And yeah. Um, and uh, you know, I think he wanted to do well for his family because mm-hmm. he brought them over and stuff like that. So. And it's yeah, it's really sad that yeah. it didn't work out for him in the NHL. It's
0: I think I think you're right. Like I think most Oilers fans are, have a, a soft spot for Nail Yakupov, um, even though he was considered like uh, a one overall bust. Um, but like that whole and I keep telling people I'm like that whole draft class is
1: most most of it is pretty bad. <laughs> it is not as good as no. It was like, a pretty weak Galt draft. Pack. Like the other top. Pick from that draft class. Oops, it was sorry.
0: Yakupov, Ryan Murray, and Alex Galchanik was the top three. Yeah, and like Galcheniak is probably the best of those three, but he just got traded for a player that just scored nine goals in a season. So like, I mean, like <laughs> it's it's yeah. we're
1: yeah, it was a, it did end up being a fairly weak draft year. Yeah, maybe. I
0: mean, like you have like people like at Philip least Horsley. as far as the
1: first rounds concerned, anyway. The first five, like there's Phil Fordberg who's really good. And, yeah, like, there's other yeah. people. Like, yeah, I feel like thing. I think like, Yeah, I feel like I'm missing something in the later rounds. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't follow the draft. Like I'm not a big draft nerd, so I have no idea. Like <laughs> there's probably a lot of really good players that are drafted later on in the, yeah. that I'm missing. But yeah, but I mean, certainly like, in the you're right, certainly in the early early. Well, uh, what
0: the Oilers had like the top pick, they're like there was it was either him or Murray, and like both of them would have been like meh picks. Yeah. So. I have a soft spot for Yakupov, just for that slide. And that first season, he was fantastic. He had some great, great goals. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's sad that it didn't work out for him. And it's just uh, a lot of, there's a lot of things as to why that happened, but it doesn't matter now. Like, he's in the cage, child. I hope he's happy. you're <laughs> listening to this, yeah. nail, yeah. reach out. <laughs>
1: I wish him the best. Wish you the best. He's a good kid.
0: He's a good kid. Okay, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about. Outside of the Oilers, our big topic. Alright, so for today's big topic, we're going to step away from the Edmonton Oilers. Are we actually... Ugh. I know. <laughs> you know what's funny? Last last episode, we talked about the damn Calgary Flames and Dougie Hamilton. Oh, yeah. And this time, we're going to talk about the damn Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah.
1: <laughs> So like, yeah, 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 yeah. I know. <laughs> it's just
0: literally two of my least favorite teams in the NHL, but we have to talk about them. This is this is the, this is the reason why we do this podcast. Um, we got to talk about John Tavares. Uh, he signed a huge seven years, eleven million dollar deal. Not as big as Connors, but eleven million dollar deal uh, to play for the Toronto Maple Leafs. He left the New York Islanders. Um and people are upset. <laughs> people are upset. Uh, mostly New York Islander fans. Um, yeah, first of all, w- tell me what you thought when you first heard that Tavares Tro- is going to the Maple Leafs.
1: Well, I didn't know that the Toronto Maple Leafs' problem was that they couldn't score goals. I know, <laughs> I know eh? I thought they were pretty good at that. I, yeah, yeah. Like, the the signing is actually quite confusing to me. <laughs> you know, like... Uh, I, I, as far as I understood it, like, their problem was on the defense. There still
0: is. And now, yeah, now there's
1: still a hole. And you're probably going to be less likely to be able to fill that hole in the coming years because if, if as far as making $11 million, yeah. uh Austin Matthews is getting at least that. Yeah, I think so too. Like, you know, he may not be a point-of-game player, but he's also a 40-goal scorer, and those are yeah. pretty rare. And, and he's he, a young guy. He's going to get paid. Yeah, he is. <laughs> So and, you, and they've got a number of, uh, of hot shot um, young players too that they still have to have to uh, sign contracts to. So it's going to be it's a confusing sign a long, Like I think I think if they if they manage to win it all in the next couple of years, of that it'll matters. look yeah it'll look yeah. great. Um, but in the long term, you know I I, I question how wise of signing this is. Yeah. Like everyone's calling Kyle Dubas a, a, a genius, and I'm like, is, is he a, is he a genius for driving a dump truck of money up to a player's house? <laughs> Doesn't seem like genius. saw so I saw some comments like he outsmarted all the other GMs with what? How did he outsmart them? He, he had, had the a, idea of signing a, John Tavares. He had a really good presentation. What yeah. he,
0: <laughs> he had a he, really good PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> <laughs> brought in special guests. He was he, like he was like a TED Talk for himself. <laughs>
1: That would be amazing.
0: <laughs> I would love to hear his TED talk. <laughs> um, I, I'm all for younger, uh, non-old hockey men, GMs. I'm all for John Chaka I'm all for Kyle Dubas. Um, Mark Hunter is supposed to be another one. But, yeah, I think he's getting... I think Kyle Dubas is definitely getting an overhyped credit now. And he's like... He's conning into the underrated now into like the overrated part of it. He's just just crossed the threshold.
1: I I think I think Toronto fans are excited, and I think they should be, as they should be, because they—I mean—they obviously they got the best player available in free agency, and that's that's reason to celebrate. And the rest of us are just jealous, and I'm fully willing to admit that, you know. (laughs) But um, you know, overselling your GM as being a, a genius, well, I don't know, let's wait and see on that. Let's let's see what what kind of team he can put together. Yeah, you know, rather than like the you know then than who he can sign. Yeah. There's a big difference right? I agree and I I mean I mean are were the Oilers genius for drafting Connor McDavid? Were the Oilers right? genius for signing yeah, Connor McDavid? Yeah. Like that's no, not that's, no I mean, one's the only, <laughs> the only the only <laughs> The only uh, option there was to be dumb and not do those
0: things.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was dumb or normal. That's yeah. what it was. <laughs> <Yeah>. I uh, <laughs> just like just like the Tavares signing when he wanted to sign with Toronto. The only the only option there was to be dumb and say no. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I you're right about Toronto fans. Like they
0: should be very excited about John Tavares. I think. He is one of the top 10 best forwards in the league. Um, and I think from Kyle Dubas' standpoint, he's like, yeah, I know we need some help in defense. But, like, he's one of the best players. Of- he's one of the best players right now. Like, why not go for him? Why not go? It's like, it's like having Eric Carlson in the in free agency and you're like well we're not going to try going for our Carlson like now like I yeah. feel like obviously everybody should go after Carlson yeah. everybody he should can, go he him. can find a way of making it work exactly yeah, right
1: she? yeah I mean if they if uh, I know Tampa Bay is highly rumored to, to land Carlson at this point at least that was the, the buzz over the weekend Yeah. if that, it's if if that does if that does happen, that like oh, sorry Toronto, like sorry about your cup hopes. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's, too, know, that's <laughs> too bad to you it's in your division too, right? Yeah. Like that's even worse. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like yeah, it's so funny too. Like the afterwards, of the Vegas odds are like, oh well, Toronto's gonna you know has high Vegas odds now. Um, but yeah, though if, if Tampa Bay gets Carlson, like yeah. having a Carlson hedman duo is just. Dynamite. I don't know. Also, what as Oilers
1: fans, I can I can speak to experience that the uh, the Vegas odds mean absolutely, absolutely. nothing. <laughs> uh, yep, <laughs> they are entirely
0: useless. Those Vegas odds just means that there's a ton of people voting on the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's all yeah. it really says. Yeah. <laughs> it's
1: like the stock market. Everyone's just betting on it. <laughs> Nobody really knows what's gonna you know what's gonna pop and what isn't.
0: Yes. Yes. Just speculation. Yes. What is next for the New York Islanders, though? Because that's a tough, tough loss that they just dealt with.
1: Well, I guess they did really well in the draft, getting um, Wallstrom and, and um, Dobson. Dobson. So, a ton of young talent. Barzell's amazing. Um, they have, you know, Eberle is a good support player. and I don't know. I don't really, I'm not, I'm not entirely convinced that that team can't, find a way of of, uh, you know um, rejigging itself and still be pretty competitive right you know if i i mean if i was an islander fan fan, i would be i'd obviously be upset that one of my favorite players was gone but um at the same time you know i would look at you know what they've got and you know and, and be like well you know the features probably not that dire it's you know we're probably still doing okay yeah
0: i think so too i think i mean it's uh, and this is funny because i'm like i get it like when chris pronger left i was when he asked for the trade
1: i was so sad it was like right after and it it came on the heels of such a such a high i know
0: it was like right after like maybe two days after they lost in game seven and then that came out i was like this is the worst and that really started
1: like our 10 years of futility yeah. that we're still in, trying to like in, dig out of in, in hindsight you kind of understood what the Oilers were doing that year because like they said that they knew that um pronger was um unlikely to stick around in january so so low that's why they i think that's why they mortgaged so much of their future because they're like let's just do it now then Right, you know, and they made a lot of trades, and, and uh, that made them a very strong team heading mm-hmm. into the mm-hmm. playoffs. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, so, so you can kind of you can kind of understand the logic there, even though it wasn't particularly smart in the long run. Right. But,
0: right. It was, and that's the thing I'm like, I know there's a bunch of New York Islander fans who are really upset, and they're like burning jerseys and just like, which is. I saw one time one of them
1: was like burning like a fake jersey which is a
0: high comedy to me <laughs> uh- <laughs> he's
1: got a bunch of real jerseys that he's like no I won't burn these ones yeah <laughs> get rid of the fake one get the, get I just them. want I, I want people to know I'm upset yeah but I don't want to I don't want to pay for it personally yeah <laughs> it's the principle of the matter <laughs>
0: um, but I get it and that's the thing that I get it I was like people put in a lot of lot of Emotional energy into sports, sometimes too much. Um, they'll buy tickets. Sometimes too much. Sometimes <laughs> too much. Um, but they'll buy tickets. They'll buy jerseys. They'll buy this, and you know, like, and a lot of people are saying, like, oh, he's, he, you know, John's bars is a traitor. He left, and like he turned his back on his fans and whatnot. And I'm like, he's making it. He's making a business decision. I think we should be allowing to, for him to make a business decision. It's probably might be a smart business decision. Like the Islanders are not going anywhere. Top, they are not going to contend for the Stanley Cup the next five years. What I
1: feel like, anyways. I don't know. Yeah, well, we don't know that. It's I mean, true. Who you knows? I think they're just in a weird spot because of the, you know, their arena problems mm-hmm. and like yeah. So I don't. I don't imagine it would be particularly fun for a player. I almost feel like you're you're back in uh, playing. Um, you know, little league or something like that, where you're not always playing the same arena, and you yep. got like, oh, where are we going? I like, oh shit, I went to the wrong arena. <laughs> <laughs>
0: this one has the bad. It'd be late hits. for the game. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> but I'm just like, I feel like we need to give the I understand like, let them do their crazy stuff. Like, let them do. Just give them the off season. Give them the off season. Let, them, let them say John Tavares is a traitor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let him save Yeah sure Whatever um, Burn your jerseys Get it all out Because I still think You're right Like you have Dobson You have Wolfson Coming up Those are two good players um, Barzal is going to be amazing uh, They just picked up Robin Leonard Robin Leonard Could be a really good He could turn into The Cam Talbot Of that team Which he's He was not so good In Buffalo But he's got good numbers And he had a Crappy crappy defense Underneath him um, I think The Islanders defense Is a little bit better Lou Amarello, I'm not sure about what he can do, but I
1: do like Barry Trice. He's a good coach. Yeah. So there's that's weird too, because I thought I thought um Doug Waite was a pretty good coach. I thought so too. It's a weird decision, but you know they I guess when you don't when you don't make the playoffs in the NHL, everyone's like it's like oh burn it all down, you know it's like it's like you know half the league doesn't make the playoffs. It's like, you don't have to every time you don't make the playoffs be just think that it's the worst thing ever.
0: Do you think okay, stepping away from this topic, and I want to talk about what you said said. Do you think that like McClellan and Charley should have stayed with their job this year? Do I think that they that-
1: should have? been allowed to keep their yes, job? Yes, 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 I'm fine with that. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I don't. I, I, the, I mean, let's let's be honest. The Oilers went through uh, a lot of coaching carousels, and it never really worked out for them. So I don't, I don't see the advantage for them in, in doing it again. Um, and um, I, I, like I said before, like I think behind. Maybe not with the big club, but behind the scenes, I think Shirelli's making a lot of good moves that'll be good for the Oilers long term. So um, uh, I don't. I think it's okay. I, th- I think I think Shirelli's. He's a. I think he's good GM. I, I think when it comes to the big trades, he hasn't been very successful. But I think a lot of the smaller trades yeah. have been have been pretty good. Uh, obviously, aside from. the... The Reinhardt trade, which will always be a little bit—that was a big trade, short right? Like, yeah, yeah. But like, uh, uh, at the time, he was—he had the pro scouts um, and and the staff that the the previous GM had had. I know. And, really and it's not really surprising that there was there was yet another bad bet made. But I think I think his. I think his bets made after that have all been fairly solid. Like you know, for the most part. You know, yeah. I mean the Hall trade upsets a lot of people, but the reality is, is that Larson's their number one defenseman. Yeah. So yeah. I Yeah. Mean that it, it sucks that Hall's not here, but like you know, you, you're making a team. You're not. Uh, you're not making. You're not making an offensive dynamo. You gotta. You know, you look at the Leafs. Like they were. They have. Have they have all the offense in the world, but they haven't won a playoff series yet. Yeah, that's
0: true. Do you think that the Leafs need to do something drastic to fix their defense, or do you think they can just take it just ride off this like offensive stuff that they have like? I don't they know. Can it's, roll tough two to, lines it's tough now, to say because right? like you
1: look at um, Pittsburgh and uh, Pittsburgh, it doesn't necessarily have a world-beating defense either. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It would certainly help them, mm-hmm. uh, obviously. That they've got a good goalie, and that and that you know, if he gets really hot in the playoffs, maybe that can. That can take them all away. They're certainly in that that window where you know a small tweak to the team could probably push them over the edge. Yeah. You know, if they made a like a really smart like rental deal at the yep. at the trade deadline or something like that, like they could they could push themselves into into contender territory yeah. pretty easily. I think. Uh, as yeah. As much as it pains me to say that, you know, <laughs> you, know. <laughs> it, uh, I, <laughs> I, you know the the league is is now is is not so much about defensive defensemen so much as like making sure you're getting your your pucks up to your your forwards yeah and and as as long as the leafs have that ability they're going they'll they'll be a threat so yeah
0: and you're right like you make a small little like you were talking about the old the 2006 Oilers of pronger um we had one amazing player like pronger was amazing all season um, we had people like Hemsky and Horcop that were carrying the team. But then we made those trades for like Samsonov. We made the trade for Tarmstra. We made the yep. trade for Rollerson.
1: Those spot were check, big one
0: Yes, Spachek. Yeah, and those were like small little tweaks that really, really, really yeah,
1: it changed the. Uh, you know, obviously, yeah, uh, Rollerson changed everything. Yes, um, but like the the addition of the the defenseman made a huge change in how deep the defensive core was. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, you know, you you were basically adding two good defensemen to a core that had Steos and, and Gator on it, right? Right. You know, so like, and then you had Pronger as well. So, you know, it could be the same thing with the Leafs. You know, it, it might not take they might not take much to to push them over the edge. Yeah, I agree. Oh. I since we're on the topic of defense, I think Calgary's in trouble. <laughs> yes, Cal- like, their best defenseman's real old. I don't think he's getting better. Giordano. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and they just traded their second best defenseman yeah. and got someone like potential. Like
1: I like. I, I here's really here's kind the kind of thing about trades and, and, and free agency <laughs> signings is like the one thing that the Oilers have have, have done just about every off for the last uh, 12 years. Is is make signings and trades with a lot of hope in it. Yeah. You know, right. Rather than rather than having you know one one in a bird in the hand, they're always going for what's it the two in the bush, the two in the bush, <laughs> <laughs> the mystery box. Yeah, what's yeah. in the mystery box? <laughs> yeah. and I, and, you know, they, they they haven't really had too much of a sure thing mm-hmm. for for quite a while, and and, and that and Cal, what's happening in Calgary kind of reminds me. Of that. Agree.
0: Agree. I. The Calgary thing kind of, like, they just signed James Neal. I think that's a iffy transaction. He had, he's still a good player, but he's getting up there in age. Um, the Noah, Noah Hannafin and Elias I like both those players, but you're right, they're young potential players. And, like, I like Dougie Hamilton much more than I like Noah Hannafin and Elias Lindholm. And I just think that they made a really... Weird bet with that.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, they're hoping that Hanifin can take a step. But again, it's like it's like it's, it's like the goes, it's like, right is Whenever you're saying it could, could be good, yeah, that's kind of when you're in trouble, right? Yeah. Because, because like, you just you know, you're just hoping. So,
0: I know it's just funny because it's like like you said like before, right? It's like Noah Hanifin could be a good defenseman. He could be a I don't know like a Dougie Hamilton. <laughs> it's like you had a Dougie Hamilton. Yeah. yeah, that's that's like
1: yeah it's weird because like that's kinda of like the best case scenario. It's like he it, turns into one of the better offensive defensemen in the league.
0: Actually <laughs> that's a pretty
1: big bet to me. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I guess before you go, um what do the Oilers need? Do the New Oilers need anything right now?
1: What do they? What do they need? Okay, so if there's a, if we're not talking about cap, yeah, um, they need an offensive defenseman. Right. I mean, right. They they need well they need one of two things. I think I think either they need Clef Bomb to come back and play like yeah the year previous, yeah, and that would solve honestly <clears throat> a, a lot, lot of their problems. problems. Yeah. Uh, or they need or they need Bouchard to be ready now, <laughs> which is which unlikely. I, um, or they or they need. To trade or sign an offensive defenseman? Yeah. Um, And uh, uh, obviously they need a right winger, um, but I really think that they shouldn't sign one or trade for one. I think they should just wait for their uh, uh, draft depth. To bring that to them, okay. I think that's their best bet. Like a
0: Kyler Yamamoto type person,
1: like that. Like, I think like waiting for Yeah, I think Jahlil is—you know—he'll he's ready to he's ready to take a step. And now I'm not expecting him to to suddenly put up like 70 points. But I think you know if he if he lands in the the 40 to 50 range next year, everyone will be laughing, that's and the Oilers will be laughing. And if uh, Kyler Yamamoto comes in and puts up 35, that'd be great. Yeah, so.
0: that'd be great. That'd be great. Yeah, so I,
1: I, I think I think they're I think they're I think their wing depth will solve itself.
0: Yeah, you make a good point about that. And I, so people like Tobias Reeder, I think, is a great signing for that to add that kind of depth. But yeah, like yeah, it having, gives
1: it gives the, the people who are developing a little bit of space. Right? Yeah. He lets, he's, like he's gonna play on Brass Idol's line that lets Pugliarby stay on the third line and continue to sort of come along slowly, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's yeah. lots of young players who they, you know they've just bided their time on the lower on the lower uh, and bottom lines six, so. and eventually made their way up
0: so yeah you're right about it. the offensive defenseman I I was listening to Elliot Friedman just recently and he's like I think people need to be patient with Oscar Kleffbaum he's a really good player Yeah, he is he had a really bad season he was hurt for most of the season and people kind of saw that if he comes back healthy and he comes back the same way
1: like he did two years ago
0: we're laughing. Like, yeah, I mean, he, could tell he, couldn't,
1: he couldn't shoot the puck. No. I mean, like, that was, like, he couldn't shoot the way he normally shoots. He was, the injury was affecting him in a big way. Yeah, you totally. Know, like, so, I know he, he's he's kind of always been a little bit injury prone. It's always hampered him. Yeah. But, you know, the one, the, the season that he was healthy, he was a really good player. Dynamite.
0: Yeah. Dynamite. One of the best players we had. Yeah. And I'm hoping for a better season for Sekera. I... Chris Russell is another... You know what? I give Chris Russell a lot of crap, but I think you're right. It's more, it's more to do with the contract. But like Chris Russell could be an effective player. And yeah, maybe... I don't know. Maybe Evan Bouchard turns into Zach and and like comes right out of the gate and, and blows everyone's socks off. It could work. <laughs> it could. You never know. <laughs> It could be if Ivan Provorov. That would be amazing actually if we could if that could happen to the Oilers.
1: Yeah, you think like the odds would be that like at some point one of their young guys would come out of the gates, fire in like crazy. because like, 'cause they've had so many of those, you know. Yeah.
0: Like, yeah. So many of those just like either were like pushing the pushing the needle or they're just like you know, where yeah. we expected
1: it, like Connor McDavid. Most most of their top picks, I feel like, have come in and done more or less what we were expecting them to do, right? Yeah. Uh, but no, I, don't, I don't think we've had a pick in a while that's just like come in just like everyone's like, where'd this guy come from? Like, yeah, totally. 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 So odds are one of these seasons that'll happen. <laughs> I hope. I yeah. really
0: hope. Yeah. I'm sure it's a fantastic player. So I really hope that would happen. Oh, we also have other people like, like Kiro Maximavis, I think. I don't know. Anyways, we have some great, great depth.
1: Yeah, I think um, Bakersfield will actually be a good team this year. Yeah. Like
0: Tyler Benson, I think, is a good player. Uh, the B- Baron Jones. We have some good players. So, And we also have people like like we, that we signed in the offseason, like Cooper Meridy. I'm very curious about seeing what he does. And, yeah. And then we have this gamut of goalies.
1: <laughs> this, like, pipeline of goalies that we yeah, have. We won't, so. we won't want for 10 days. Yeah. I'm, Well, I'm pretty sure. I, I would be surprised if... Um, um, what's his name? Shoot, I forgot it. The, yeah, which one? The the backup they got last year. Oh, Bertrand? Persu- no, um, Montoya. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I'd be really surprised if Montoya was still with the team after training train camp ended.
0: I would agree with that. There's a lot of backup goalies out there just floating around, and most people will think we'll just pick him up for like the league yes. minimum at the like in August. We'll see what happens. You won't.
1: I I I don't think he'll play a game. You don't Oilers. think so? No, I think I think he's already played his last game as an Edmonton Oilers. So.
0: Well, it all depends what Koskinen does too, right? If Koskinen is not like, <laughs> if he the, what sucks, we will we'll we'll bury
1: him in the minors. And we'll yeah, start, and then we'll, we'll just put up Montoya. Him yeah, yeah, exactly. Beans. <laughs> cool I, like, uh, I hope I uh, hope Kate's has got uh, got a lot of reserves ready for the Oilers. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be paying all those players in the minors.
0: That's why he's selling that condo. Oh yeah, gotta, he's gotta, yeah,
1: he's got to pay Koskinen's condo.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways. Greg, this is fantastic. Hi. Thank you so much yeah, for doing thanks this. Thanks for having me. This is great. Um, I know you're. You know, I'm part of the, the Alberta Podcast Network, so this, is, is this hey, podcast. A, so am I. This podcast is not, but at the same time, I always like like shouting this out. <laughs> yeah. up. Um, you do another podcast. Tell people about your
1: podcast. Uh, I have a movie podcast called I Have Some Notes. So we take um, Hollywood's most mediocre movies. And, or amazing uh, movies like uh, Fade and the Furious. <laughs> and we, <laughs> uh, we tweak them and we try to make them, we, we basically put them through a notes process and try to see if we can make them better. Um, and we also have uh, mini episodes that we call side notes, where we do uh, uh, we talk about general movie topics. Um, you, uh, right now, we've got our latest side notes is all about um, um, celebrities and Twitter and the uh, the harassment uh, that they they face therein. Uh, and you can download that right now on iTunes and uh, Google Play or all the other uh, podcast spots.
0: Have you done? Have you talked about. I'm sure you guys talked about The Last Jedi in the last one, eh?
1: Not too much, no. No, not really, eh? Uh, we, may, we may do in our next episode, though, because I, I rewatched it recently and I was like, I don't know if I like this as much as I thought I did.
0: Interesting, <laughs> interesting. I really liked The Last Jedi when I watched it, but I, I, mean, I wanted to rewatch it because there's, 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 like, no. there's
1: lots of things that I do like about it, but there's like. I think what my problems with the movie are more technical than they are um, with story. Story, yeah. (laughs) I'm not sure your listeners really give a (laughs) crap. Hey, you never know.
0: You never know. There's a cross divide. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, thanks, Greg. You can find out um, I Have Notes. It's on, it's on the network side, or you can check out the website that uh, Greg just showed up. I have or some you could,
1: notes.com. Yeah,
0: or just go on Apple Podcasts or Google Play or whatever you want. Spotify. It's on Spotify, I'm assuming, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah,
1: and we're on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at uh, I Have Some Notes, all one word. Perfect, and yeah. you can
0: uh, shout out Greg if he gives you some bad opinions on this, on this podcast. I'm yeah. sure
1: he don't. Yeah, you can, you can debate me on <laughs> uh, on hockey. I will I will debate back. <laughs> Perfect.
0: Thanks so much, everyone. Have a wonderful week. We will be back. I don't know. I'm assuming when Elliot comes back, we're going to figure out uh, a summer schedule because maybe we'll have some more guests. I don't know. Maybe Greg will come back. I don't I'll know. will come back. We'll see. I'll talk more hockey. Yeah, we'll see. Sometimes off-season is kind of boring, so uh, we'll see. Maybe we'll do some fun stuff. But uh, keep an eye out on the 104 Podcast. You can find us on Apple, on Spotify, on Google Play, wherever you're finding your podcast needs you will find the 104 podcast have a wonderful time we'll see you next time